Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, Sharon Swing. <laughs> oh, come on. It, well, who's, who's going to want to listen to a podcast called Invitation to Admit I Might Be Wrong Anyway? <laughs> Why don't you rename it? <laughs> trick up, trick up. <laughs> a little bait. <laughs> okay. Hi, everybody. This is Sharon Swing along with my friends, Lori Schultz, Joan Kelly, and Gail Donahue. They didn't know I had that recording on the last piece here. <laughs> That'll be our introduction okay. to this whole thing. Joan Kelly is teaching on the subject of an invitation to admit I may be wrong out of Adele Calhoun's book, Invitation invitations from God. And uh, so we started this conversation over lunch about what Joan was going to teach on Thursday. And uh, today's Monday afternoon, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so we're helping Joan get ready, I guess. But we're actually we just having a great conversation about this idea of um, invitation to admit I may be wrong. So once again, around the, cal- around the table with me today, Lori Schultz is the um, producer of our Sybils Book Club, which you can be a part of if you'd like. Um, you can find out more on the One Life Maps website. But Lori has wonderful conversations with Sybil Towner and a, a collection of other people, um, a different book selection every month, virtually. Um, everybody calls in and has a good conversation about some book at the t- intersection of life story and spiritual development. So thanks for being here, Lori. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Joan Kelly is our Director of Spiritual Development. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sure where I got that title. I don't know. Joan Kelly is our Director of Facilitator Development for One Life Maps, helping people to learn how to facilitate using the Listen to My Life Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story material. She's a spiritual director and also a partner of the other person around the table, Gail Donahue, um, in, uh, who is a spiritual director and good friend. And um, together, Joan and Gail do My Life is Sacred retreats that you can find out more about at mylifeissacred.com. But today's topic, an invitation to admit I may be wrong. So give us a setup for this, Jen. Well, why don't we first just kind of talk Adele's book. Like, why did she write this book? You know, Invitations from God. And I think she's kind of, would Gail, wouldn't you agree? She's kind of taken some of the hardest invitations. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And called them invitations instead of challenges. Yes. Mm-hmm. A total reframing. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. part of our lesson mm-hmm. in the whole thing. Yeah, I would Non-conventional agree. invitations. So she's got um, in the book, just as a little tease here, invitation to participate in our own healing, invitation to follow, invitation to the presence of people, invitation to rest, to weep, to forgive, to wait, to pray, to remember. Those are just a handful. And, and we kind of added a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, along the way within the context of the book. But, um, you know, just to explain a little bit, with each invitation, Adele um, creates what looks like in the in the book just a little chart. But I think it's, to me, kind of felt like an invitation to a spiritual practice of, with each invitation, she um, really kind of reframes what is, what is Christ really talking about um, and writes a one-sentence statement of the invitation, 
then what does scripture really say about it? Um, and then three more sections. One is roadblocks. So just really naming, being real with like what gets in the way for you with this invitation. What do you need to notice and be aware of? So she has an awareness section. And then finally, what are practices that can help me really move towards this invitation? Um, I don't know, Gail, what else would you say about the book that um, has been powerful for people? And we'll dive into the topic. Well, I think the you you touched on it is that she chooses uh, invitations that um, many of us really don't we kind of wiggle away from we don't want to receive necessarily uh, for example invitation to weep um, because it requires us to look at things maybe that we would just as soon not have to look at and yet in the process of entering into those invitations um, you find freedom and you find actual actually the, your heart being transformed by uh, the invitations and and this chart that Joan just read through has been a key part of of this book and we have we also have invited uh, the women that are doing this study uh, to use this in their time we give them time of solitude to go back and ask questions based off of this chart that's at each at the beginning of each chapter so. Yeah. So I, I think that might be just a good place to start with this one is like, mm-hmm. how did Adele kind of come up with this invitation? And we always invite people like reword it till it fits with fits with you. Um, but it says um, to humbly accept that my knowing is incomplete and that I don't have everything right. So I can be open to hearing more from Jesus. So as you guys hear that. What what comes to mind? I said to humbly accept that my knowing is incomplete and that I don't have everything right so I can be open to hearing more from Jesus. And I'll just start taking notes and then this will be the talk on <laughs> Thursday. You know, what, what stood out to me first on, uh, on this reading of it is so that Jesus, I can hear more of what Jesus has to say uh-huh. is kind of the gist so of that it, I can right? be open. Mm-hmm. And... So what am I willing to trade? You know, am I willing to trade my my fear, my pride, my need to be right for what Jesus wants, for what Jesus has to give mm-hmm. me instead? And um, is that ever a bad deal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it ever a bad deal to take what Jesus has for you? Mm-hmm. But it means you got to put some things down. Right. Mm-hmm. Got to empty my hands in order to be open to receiving what he might have. Hmm. What else stood out to you guys as you heard that? Uh, I think for me, the the word incomplete stands out because I think it's hard for us to realize that our the way we look at something, it, we don't recognize that it's incomplete, um, that we might not have all the information. And it makes me think of uh, um, an experiment that, that I did once um, that came from a book um, related to like the brain and how the brain works. And um, it was about your blind spot. And basically it's um, there's a dot on the page and then there's an object off to the right side of it. In this case, it was a butterfly. 
And you're supposed to move the paper around until you actually find the blind spot. And the way you know that is that the butterfly disappears and the you would probably swear that the page of paper is blank at that point other than this one dot. And um, what happens is the brain takes it, when it has a place where it can't see, like in that blind spot, it actually takes all the information around it and fills that in with what it can see. Mm. Um, and so the so basically the butterfly disappears. So it makes me think about the fact if we have, if we're lacking information about a topic or about something, that our brain is going to have a tendency to fill that in with what we do know. Um, and that's probably going to be a problem. Mm. And we're going to, we're going to think this is really true. So, yeah. And that's our perspective. Right. And for us, it is true. Right. Right. From my perspective, that's what I, that's what I believe deeply. That's what it looks like to me. So, I think uh, the thing that stands out to me about that invitation, uh, at least this time, (laughs) each time I read it, something else stands out, which uh, it's a little disturbing. Um, But the humbly accept um, that in order to receive this invitation, it requires me to go to a place of humility and to humbly open my hands to receive this knowledge that my knowing is incomplete, but also be able to receive what Jesus might want me to know mm-hmm. or see about myself or others. That's good. Mm-hmm. You, each of each of you brought up this idea of perspective and also this idea of laying some things down. What are what are we really laying down to be able to pick up what he has for us to receive? What are we having to let go of in this? And do we believe what Jesus has to offer is actually a better choice? Mm-hmm. How much do we trust in the love of God that allows us to want to make that trade? Mm-hmm. Because somehow being right and the certainty and everything else is pretty addictive. It's almost like wonder if we're hyped up on some drugs of certainty <laughs> and uh, self-protection in a way that, that even keeps us from recognizing that there is another option that produces freedom. Hmm. Hmm. I like that another option that produces freedom. Hmm. That is a pretty good phrase, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Thanks for saying it back to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't quite catch it all the first time I said it. (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, a, a part of this too is recognizing what is it's I guess it's the awareness piece, but it's recognizing what's going on behind the scenes as I'm trying to, you know, move towards certainty that I'm right on this particular thing. And what, for me, what can be going on in your list would probably be different, but it might be things like perfection or my desire for control um, uh, or maybe a movement for somebody. It could be a movement towards success, wanting success. So their desire to be right is really important. Um I think it could be just um, I'm I've I've gained this critical spirit and that's something that I need to put down or it's I've moved towards judgment. So it's being aware of what it kind of looks like Mm. (laughs) so that you can address that invitation that God really has for us. I don't know. What's it look like for some of you other ways? This feels like confession now. It does. Yeah. (laughs) Which is probably closely tied to this um, invitation, really, right? Mm -hmm. Is the ability to bring those humbly 
um, before God. And so much of that I feel like has to, you know, and we talked about this at lunch too. You, you have to know how loved and accepted you are to feel the, I think, the safety to even go there, um, to consider or bring forward. It, it makes me think of, you know, Adam and Eve when God called them out in the garden and they just automatically, you know, Adam hid. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like in order to come out and even bring these things forward, it feels so important to know um, and truly believe that we are loved and accepted. Yeah. So, in, in what do I place my worth is the yeah. question mm-hmm. that formed for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I place my worth in being good and perfect and right and and um, superior um, in some way mm-hmm. or equal to even? Yeah, so if someone has a different opinion, do I need to somehow show that I'm an equal um, mm-hmm. by disagreeing or whatever, as opposed to being to observing someone because a lot of times I think it's, you know, I I put this in the context of disagreeing with a person, but it's not always that sometimes it's disagreeing with God over something, right? Where we're, we're in this perpetual argument with God over how things are (laughs) like how productive could that possibly be? (laughs) And, (laughs) and the, uh, um, but when we're, face-to-face with another person that has that is saying something that we don't agree with or offends us or we, we think is archaic or of a different political opinion or a different, you know, whatever it happens to be, to observe that that person has a different, a different perspective than I do and get curious about it instead. But what is it in me that needs to defend something? And I, I heard recently that, that defense is the first act of war. Hmm. You know, because if there's no defense, there's nothing for someone else to fight against. And I really want to be a diffuser of hostility as opposed to fuel for hostility. That's hmm. who I want to be. That makes me think of Lori and I have both served in the marriage ministry at church, and there's a one week that's all about conflict. I mean, we could do 10 weeks on conflict. Right. Or 20. Or 20, <laughs> yeah. and still not get it, right? <laughs> um, but I love the one exercise that they do related to conflict, because it does have to do all about with diffusing. And, you know, they'll have the couple come up with a particular conflict they've had recently, and the first thing they do is have them um, start with what are the facts that you can agree on. And oftentimes this takes like the most time because they can't agree. Like, well, you said, I said, well, you texted me that. And they go back and forth. But you see when they eventually get to the point where they can agree on a particular fact of what went on, the diffusing starts to happen and the triggering pulls away. And then they're able to move towards... um, Uh, what they're feeling right Mm -hmm. and then the story that they're telling themselves and you can just literally see this physical softening Mm -hmm. yeah and it i wonder if it's not as much of of finding what they agree on as the process of finding what they're agreeing on yeah yeah because Mm -hmm. they have to listen to each other's versions Mm -hmm. of the story to be able to get there right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they've been 
um, they use the word triggered, right? And right. so what happens when you're triggered oftentimes it's it's like the, the black dot. You stop listening to everything. Right. right. Yeah. And when we're, when we're using the word triggering, we're talking about the, the, what happens to us physically, emotionally, um, and spiritually also when we're dragging something from the past into the present. Like there's something familiar about what just happened enough that we're dragging unresolved issues into the present moment without us even knowing. It's, it's, it's not even that we're dragging them. They just show up there. Right. And the additional reaction energy, that happens, yeah. the energy that happens is way out of proportion for the offense. I mm-hmm. heard someone said along the way, you know, um, that, that it's a dollar response to a dime offense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just uh, somehow emotionally out of whack. Gail, you had a different yeah. way to look at triggering. You said it was well. I um, I like the word activates, and so sometimes we find ourselves in disagreement with people. And like Sharon just described, something from the past that's been sleeping for a while maybe is instantaneously activated in you, and you feel it. You feel you're rising up. You you feel the sense of I have to defend my position. I have to be right. And I often think that comes out of a place um, often of insecurity, something in your past or the way you were raised or an experience you had that that has informed uh, your worldview, your personal view, your value systems. And when anybody uh, uh, bumps up against that, it activates in you from a place uh, in the past. And that's we were talking earlier about. Um, noticing those things, right? Noticing when that starts to happen, like that's the beginning point to notice what's what you need to attend to, and um, and get curious about and it. get curious <laughs> about where is that coming from? Mm. Where is that coming from? And be able to slow down enough. And uh, we were talking about this earlier, and uh, Joan, you were talking about. Uh, knowing that that's God's way of saying, okay, time to do a yeah, U-turn. U-turn. In my case, I'll say U-turn. Sharon said speed, speed bump, bump yeah. or a stop sign. Like mm-hmm. I just like, you pay attention to it. You notice it and you go, oh, wait. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I clue can, phone. Because <laughs> I can, re- yeah, the, 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 the saying, clue phone, it's for you. Right. Um, it's, it's the, um, what are we going to allow that speed bump to, to, to do in us is that going to cue us to power up on mm-hmm. somebody is that going to cue us into an argument with god is that going to cue us toward a curiosity of whoa wait a minute what's going on here because if we are actually then become curious about what's happening inside of us um so part of the question is how do we know it in our bodies when this happens mm. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say, I, I mean, if for me, I can feel it in my chest. Um, it feels like a tightening. And then um, more recently, I've been aware that there's a, a place on the back of your neck, which I think is tied to the amygdala. Mm-hmm. It's a reticular activating system. And it, it actually, it's at the back of your head. And you, I can actually feel that when I'm, um, you know, when I get triggered, that there's something going on there. Uh, it feels a little bit like a headache or a tightness um, in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. So. I think for me, a couple things come to mind. One is just kind of this um, 
tightness in, I guess I'll say my stomach or just in my abdomen or my gut, just it gets really tight. And then there is this sense of just speed, like things are happening faster than they normally are. It's like the, the avalanche is happening and, and I, I, it feels out of control, which mm-hmm. I don't like. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I kind of have like Lori, I do feel that tightening in my chest and also my heart begins to beat faster and I notice that um uh and I, the other the other thing I do notice is that then when I want to put formulate my thoughts I recognize that there's a fogginess in my thinking I think all my blood go- goes to my chest and my heart and uh evacuates my brain but it it is a clue for me that I probably need to step back and Till I can clearly think through what I want to say rather than just blurt out anything that's <laughs> right on the tip of my tongue, which usually does not end up well, in a good place. Well, mm-hmm. Even to be able to say, oh, man, I'm feeling really triggered right now, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or, or I'm feeling really activated yeah. right now is, 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 is we have a new say. word. Yeah, mm-hmm. the new, and and I, 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 yeah, the difference between those two words, say if you. Well, I just I, actually it's not. My original, and I cannot remember where I read this, but uh, the whole concept of triggered, you know, when you, what do you first think of when you think of a trigger? You think of a gun, and usually wherever a gun is and you pull the trigger, it's not going to be a good thing. It destroys a lot. And so the word activate just actually you can envision – something taking place, but it, it's, it can be restored, and it's uh, a little less – Triggering. Final. Triggering. 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 <laughs> yeah. Activate in terms of, of heads up. Right. Like, let's pay right. attention here. Pay attention. Um, I have options. To, to think at that moment when we get foggy mm-hmm. and all, because I, I, I feel it in my chest. I actually hear my heartbeat in my ears. And that speed that you're talking about mm-hmm. definitely takes place. And to get queued up in conversations like this, to start to recognize how we feel it in our bodies and all to be the clue to ask what's happening here. What options do I have? Mm -hmm. And what's the invitation? And And what's what's the the invitation? invitation? Such a huge thing because it doesn't really feel like an invitation when it's, you know. It feels like an assault. It it feels like an assault. (laughs) And so unless you're asking the right question, you know, like that. And again, in this marital restoration um, ministry that we were a part of, they talk a lot about taking responsibility for Mm -hmm. your own, like 100% responsibility, which, you know, for myself and and my husband taking 100% responsibility for himself. Um, but we always end up pointing the finger. So what what he's doing feels like the reason that I'm upset, et cetera, et cetera, rather than you know recognizing that some of this is coming from my past and there's something else going on. Yeah. Um, but getting curious about what's going on with me uh, before I point fingers at what um, what's what he's doing. Yeah, I remember early on in my marriage to Tom, I'd been married before and it was just. It was not good, is all I can say. And something happened, and I got activated. And uh, the what happened in that in that moment was just a flood of stuff from my previous marriage that showed up, and I was angry, fearful, defensive, all kinds of stuff going on with me that that really had minimal amount to do with what happened in the conversation I was having with Tom. 
And he said to me very calmly and very clearly in a very incredibly mature and graceful moment, he said, I am not, nor will I ever be your ex-husband. Hmm. Like I'm not going anywhere and I'm not him. Hmm. Hmm. And I thought, okay, what a sentence that hmm. was so packed with this I realize there's something else going on here that that just got drug into what's to 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 us mm-hmm. that 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 doesn't belong here and doesn't belong to me, and also I'm not going anywhere. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. now what am I going to do with that? I mean, what a mature, wise thing to say to me in that moment. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Hmm. Hmm. That's really good. What a gift that was to me. And I mean, what if we can can mature ourselves in to respond to this invitation to think that we might not always be right? Um, what kind of what kind of dividends does that pay? What kind of gifts does that give? What kind of modeling does that demonstrate for our children? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of those things become pretty yeah. critical. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, really the biggest thing it does is if we can come at it with, without conflict, without judgment, without this strong desire, this attachment really to being right, it draws others to Christ. Mm-hmm. Like we are invitational because mm-hmm. he's invitational within us. Mm-hmm. And so I think, Sharon, you were saying earlier, it. I mean, we can have a conversation with this other person and not even really, they, at the end of the conversation, they may not even know where we stand, but we have listened so well and been so invitational to that other person. All they saw really was Christ, whether they recognize it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and to think of how few words are needed sometimes. And is it really important that this person even knows how I think yes. about a certain subject? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so often that... It, it goes back to a place of humility, and we, we were talking about that, and how you, to be humble requires you to open yourself up and to let go of things that you're holding on tightly to, and in that humility is where Jesus shows up, right? Mm-hmm. That's where he, he uh, his presence is felt the strongest, his, um, his kindness and goodness, and we talked a little bit uh, earlier about um, that's where that's where we're able to see his presence come to full bloom in us. But when we're holding on to something and standing firm that we're right and somebody else or others are wrong, it fills our heart and soul up with clutter too. I mean, I have sensed that in my own life that when I have not wanted to admit that I might be wrong to God even, that um, I can almost physically feel a cluttering of my soul as if I cannot quite listen and hear Jesus speaking to me in those places. And, uh, and I sense, you know, a patience in him just saying, well, when you lay that down, then we can talk further but I need you to lay that down first. I need you to let go of that. So there's mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. There's space in your soul for us to meet and to mm-hmm. let me talk and you listen mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of the other way around, which is often the way it works. Mm-hmm. Right, 
Right. That cluttered feeling makes me think about, you know, when you just kind of binge and eat too many Doritos and you just got that bad <laughs> feeling or too many chocolate right. chip cookies. <laughs> this right? is like confession You're again, like, yes. why did I do that? <laughs> why did I do that? I need to put that down. Mm. Mm-hmm. And make space, mm-hmm. you know, for God within me. Yeah. It also it also makes me think of um, in David one of David Benner's books. Actually, maybe in two of his uh, that one trilogy, Surrender to Love. He talks about um, that you can't that God can't love you in def- a defended place. So in all the places that I'm defending myself or holding on to, you know, it's not until I put that down that I can actually receive love from Him. Um, and that's mm-hmm. been a really mm-hmm. Like painful and beautiful invitation um, to realize that oh, as long as I'm protecting myself there, um, I can't. I'm not open to you know what he has to offer. So, and he's got the only thing we need. Hmm. I mean, and so I mean, we're we're talking about these moments of activation, triggering whatever we want to call them, and the you know the there's the normal response of defensiveness and anger and fighting back and all that kind of stuff. Then I guess the next level up is is actually being aware that you're triggered, right? Mm-hmm. But not being able to do anything about it. Maybe the next level is actually being able to slow down enough to make a choice or to ask a good question and be curious. And then maybe the next level up is is being able to say, "Okay, God, help me here. Help me help me know what to do. What's what's the right what what not not just right what 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 are my options here mm-hmm. just being open to 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 god's voice in the midst of that like give me a good idea right now mm-hmm. <laughs> cuz i need one really bad yeah. and then maybe there's another piece of it that we've mentioned that has to do with reflection on what happened so kind of is in the midst of a review of the day or the examined uh, that that there be good questions uh, for us there about um, when was I um, activated today? You know, it might be a great end of the day question that allows us to review what happened for the purpose of having a conversation with God with, uh, about it. So it's an invitation to a conversation. But then also, like, let's go to school on ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. actually learn something mm-hmm. and think about what we want to be different and how we want to be different um, well, for ourselves and for the people around us. Well, and I think it's also go- just being willing to go back and you guys talk about this a lot, go back in your story. Um, when those kind of, when, when you get triggered, it's such a great opportunity to say, where have I felt this? sometime in my past you know is there some place where this where does this has this this feels familiar yeah um, and is there a place to maybe even open up to to understand why you might be doing what you're doing um, what are the patterns what's the pattern right right yeah. so part of what's getting referred to there in the midst of the conversation is in in the listen to my life maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story um, series of visual maps that help you map your life story. There's, there's one piece that's um, the, my life story map. And so maybe they're to be able to pick up the patterns of, of when these things, uh, the, 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 what's the impetus of, of some of the things that happened? Where did they, where did they begin? Where did the, where did I find a need to defend myself? Mm-hmm. And how is that producing fruit now? And then also in the Valley experiences map to be able to say, okay, how, how do I actually move through 
Valley experiences? How do I move through loss? How do I move through pain um, in these ways? And and what, what are the invitations in the midst of it there? And then also, again, in the reviewing my days map, which is the spiritual practice of the examine where we ask ourselves questions on a regular basis. Um, and then spiritual practices that from the life-giving rhythms map that help us to select spiritual practices based on where we may be stuck mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. Can you think of anything, anything else in the midst of that? No, I think you hit on some great places within the Listen to My Life materials. Yeah, That's yeah, part of the reason we do story work is so that we can recognize these invitations, so we can actually do the work um, that's necessary to be able to, to even be aware that there are invitations there for us, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also like the um, the work of the Enneagram, which I think has been really, I think, helpful. And then when I first remember when I first started working with the Enneagram, realizing just I felt shocked that there were so many things that I just didn't recognize about myself, or you know, had not You're been blushing, aware. Lori. I know it's just I mean, it just was kind of a painful experience to realize. Like I kept saying, "How did I not know this?" I don't not see this. And so I think it's um, just to even be in that, again, that posture of um, always being a learner, you know, always, um, you know, seeking for greater understanding and recognizing that, gosh, I, I just, I don't have this all figured out. Yeah. And even a step further, and she refers to it too, is um, seeking teachability. I like that word yeah. because... We live in an age and a culture where we are all learning a lot of things that stay in our head. But teachability requires you to take what you hear and ponder it and then have it affect who you are and how you live life. And that's like one step further, you know. It's change. Mm-hmm. It it's is. Transformation. It's transformation mm-hmm. of um, your life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So good. Oh, thank you, everyone, for your beautiful conversation. I just mm-hmm. love being around the table with you. Lori Schultz, thanks for being with it's us. It's good to be here. Joan Kelly. Take care, everybody. Thanks for helping. And Gail Donahue. Have a great day. Oh, we're so grateful. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll put some uh, some show notes together for you that give you links to some of the things that we've mentioned on today's broadcast. Um, the uh, would love to mention Patreon. Uh, this one way you can support the work of these podcasts is by supporting us on patreon.com uh, slash one life maps. And you'll find a link to that in the show notes as well. And we offer as a thank you gift each month, um, each week, actually, some meditations that will help you to learn how to recognize and respond to God in your story, which is why we do this podcast um, is to help all of us to recognize and respond to God in our story. And we're just the lucky ones to be around the table with each other, helping us to recognize and respond to God in our story. And we sure hope it's useful um, beyond us as well. So many blessings, everyone. Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life 
and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes. If you've wondered any of these things before, you're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com.